0: One of the fastest growing areas of study in psychology is this area called multiple self theory, which is something that I've been talking about for 20 years, um, which is the people who see themselves as having multiple identities. And it's they live in context to the roles that they play in life are the ones that are the most mentally healthy. And in fact, the people that have and try to adhere to a single identity, it's like, oh, that's just the way that I am. I'm this way. I'm this way in work. I'm this way at home. I'm this way with my friends. Actually have the highest rate of mental health issues.
1: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Now I got a question for you. Are you someone who has big, exciting, audacious, ambitious goals for yourself? Well, if so, you are going to absolutely love today's episode of the podcast with my guest and one of my most favorite people in the world and personal friend, Todd Herman. Now, for over two decades, Todd has worked with some of the brightest and biggest names in our world today, from top professional athletes to celebrities to really successful entrepreneurs and business executives to help them achieve their most ambitious goals and to most importantly, get out of their own way. He is truly the leader in the elite performance field, and he really knows his stuff, guys. I mean, everything from business strategy to mindset to personal development to just living life to your fullest, Todd and I dive into why having what he calls an alter ego can be the secret to your success and how to tap into your own alter ego and the effects that that brings about. We also talk about his new book, which is also all about how to do this alter ego effect that we mentioned. You're definitely going to want to go grab that book. It is really transformative and how it can walk you through how to shed any of those feelings of self-doubt or fear are not being enough and really stepping into this Other version of ourselves, other version of you, so you can discover your new heroic self, not get in your way anymore, and really achieve those goals. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear today's episode. It is awesome. Before we get to that, I've got to give a shout out to Aubrey123, who is our reviewer of the week. And she says, The influencer podcast has great insight for anyone building a business in our digital world. Julie offers thoughtful, actionable advice, and her guests are always top notch. Thank you. I've listened to a ton of Business Podcast and Julie's is one of the few that keeps delivering value season after season. Truly a gem. Thank you for your generosity with your wisdom, Julie. Well, Aubrey, thank you for your generosity with that amazing review and amazing feedback. I also love our guests. I also think that they are top-notch, especially Todd today being one of those. Um, And I appreciate your feedback on that. You know, it allows us to really continue to show up and serve you to the best of our ability here at the Influencer Podcast. So if you haven't left a review yet, I want to hear from you. So the best way to do that is head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you tune in from, subscribe to the Influencer Podcast, and then give us a review on that platform so we can find said review and highlight it in an upcoming episode. And I also want you to make sure to tag our guest today at Todd underscore Herman, hashtag the Influencer Podcast, tag me as well at Joel Solomon. Let us know your absolute number one biggest aha moment or takeaway from this episode. There's going to be a lot, okay? So get ready to maybe listen to this one a couple of times, get your notepad ready, however you do what you do, but I want to know what your biggest takeaway was. And if you want to share even more goodness, or even if you have some clarifying questions after the show, where you need to come and hang out to get those questions answered is our amazing Facebook group. Now our Facebook community is incredible. We've got thousands of listeners in there who share daily tips on how to uplevel your business. You get to really kind of dive more into the episodes after the fact. It's a great community to be a part of, and you can be a part of it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast. When I started my business, I wanted to make sure that I was ready for opportunities that came my way. Not only was branding important to me, but I wanted my audience and customers to know I was for real about making this idea a successful reality. Ordering cards from Vistaprint let me feel like I could make that professional impression when I first started out without having to exhaust all of my resources. I ordered exactly what I wanted for just 10 bucks. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in minutes. There are a ton of options like uploading your own design and picking your favorite paper stock to choosing your delivery speed and it's 100% guaranteed, or they'll make it right, either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at nine ninety nine. 99 Use code TIP at vistaprint.com. That's code TIP at vistaprint.com. TIP at vistaprint.com. Hello, Todd Herman.
0: Julie Solomon, my new favorite person.
1: I know, I'm so (laughs) excited that you are here. I'm just going to keep, when I'm going to introduce you that way. I'm going to go places with you and I'm going to jump out of your pocket. I'm going to be like, here is Todd (laughs) Herman.
0: Uh, That would do me... Um, a lot of favors.
1: Wonders.
0: You, you jumping out will, will grab more attention than I would ever. So that <laughs> your is
1: um, I am so honored and blessed and just excited for you to be here today. Um, you are an incredible human. Um, and I cannot wait to share just your greatness with our audience and our amazing community of influencers and entrepreneurs and believers and dreamers today. Well,
0: Um, I am, I'm excited to come here and uh, help your tribe and your crowd to help them maybe get out of their own way, maybe find some new tools and paradigms and ways of thinking that can get them past, you know, their own doubts and resistance that can stop them. So
1: absolutely. And so, I mean, for those who may not know whom you are, um, Shame on these
0: people. Uh, yes. Who, who could these people possibly be?
1: <laughs> Never mind. Um, I mean, peak performance coach, high performance coach, you're just, you're, you, you help people become the absolute best versions of themselves.
0: That is always the plan of action that I have for people. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So
1: share with us a little bit about how you got into this world of, of, of coaching elite performers and, and, um, how that kind of unfolds to, to, to where you are today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, uh, so I started out my business 22 years ago, working with athletes. They were all young teenage athletes at the time, um, all helping them with, uh, the mental game, like the inner game of, of sport. There's so much focus on, you know, the physical skill development, which of course is important and developing their, um, the the tactical side of the the sport, but then most of the stuff that stops an athlete as they rise higher and higher is always that, that six inches between the ears. Um, you know, whether it's coming down to uh, worrying about what other people are thinking of them, uh, self-doubt comparison and contrast, uh, you know, injury is a big thing that can rob someone of their confidence. And I was a uh, athlete. I played college football. I was a national ranked badminton player, which you know, people obvious obviously oh. would see the connection between badminton and football. Of course. Um, you know, well, they, there they go you go.
1: Hand, this interview they go, is done, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they go hand in hand. Um, but my, my I mean, I'm not a physically gifted human being. I'm not like six foot four and two hundred and thirty-six pounds of solid muscle or something like that. I was, you know, six feet and maybe 156 pounds soaking wet when I was in high school. But um, I never let that stop me from playing to my absolute greatest capacity when I, when I played football and um, specifically we're kind of getting, we're going to get into maybe a little bit later talking about the power of using an alter ego um, or a secret identity to really transform performance and how it's the most natural thing for any human to, to use and do and how it's actually, it draws out of you the most authentic and real version of yourself Um, and tons of, you know, public figures and leaders and athletes and entertainers have used the idea. Um, And so for me, I would kind of take that, uh, what would be considered by others that smaller version of Todd, and left him on the sidelines, and I stayed and I stepped into a um, an alter ego that would go on the field and allow me to untap a, a ton of my skills that were out there. And so, anyways, after I got done playing um, sport for myself, I was volunteering at a high school. Ended up um, talking to the kids more about the mental game, which was something that I was deeply involved with and always trying to find better ways to help me get past my own insecurities that I had. And, um, it developed into a business. And then from there, I became quite good at it. And I elevated myself through the ranks and got to work with pro athletes, Olympic athletes, um, leaders in, um, governments and business started reaching out to me and, you know, 22 years on, um, I'm still, you know, doing it. I still, I still definitely coach. Um, you know, a handful of people, but I have a lot of training programs that people now use as systems to help themselves develop their their performance um, and help them get on the field and execute. And you know, I give them you know the mindset strategies and tools that are proven to work. Like I think, the, I think the one thing that frustrates me about like the personal development and self help world is there's a lot of ideas that are shared. You know, with your crowd um, that people see on Instagram and they sound like they're They sound like they're great ideas and they sound like they should work. But most of the people that share those ideas, they're not practitioners. And I think if there's one kind of first takeaway for people, um, it's that if you're looking to make some real changes with yourself in whatever domain of life, you want to make sure that you're hitching your wagon uh, to the tail of someone who who actually works with people one on one. Mm. Or has at least been used working with people one on one. And the reason is because the people who work with people one on one understand the deep nuance that it takes to help someone change something. Whereas the people who only talk about it or just blog about it, they're not confronted with the daily responsibility of performing and giving people strategies that will actually work because when you're working with someone one-on-one, like if I'm working with you, Julie, and I give you a strategy and then you come back tomorrow or whenever it is, we're going to be meeting next. And and you go, that thing didn't work or that didn't work for me. And maybe you didn't execute it right. Or it could have been something like that. And and then we try again and and it's still, and if I keep on giving you strategies that aren't working for you, you're not going to stick with me for a long time. Right? Right. Because, and you, and why would you? And so that's why it's so important for people that when you're truly seeking help, make sure that when you're going to finally put foot to the field of play, that you may have tucked yourself under the wing of someone who's actually doing the work, not someone who just talks about it. Mm. And, and so for me, um, you know, doing this for a long time, I have a whole kind of different kit of strategies that, that work for people. But for me, I don't like inventing stuff that doesn't actually exist inside of the psychology of our minds already. Mm. Whereas I like giving people strategies that are 100% already embedded in your own psyche for how you can overcome something. And I'm just helping you flick the switch because now the grease slide is there for you. I'm not inventing. Like Affirmations is a good example. It sounds like it's a wonderful idea to use affirmations, but the statistics on it show that affirmations can be quite dangerous because if you're affirming to yourself something that you don't believe about yourself, it's been proven that it actually causes people to go into a more depressed state. Hmm. However, if you use affirmations and you already believe something to be true about yourself and now you're just reaffirming it to yourself to make it even stronger, that is proven to work. And so that stuff's important for me because I think in 2019, we live in a day and age where there's so much science and so much information and so much data and so much research that we should be demanding a lot more from the leaders that we follow or the people who are helping us.
1: So question, because yeah. um, I, I, I get where you're going with that, with that belief, right? You, you, have yeah. to, you have to, in some sense, believe it, right? If you spot yeah. it, you got it. But what if you're someone who believes that you're a piece of crap?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you wake up every day and being like, I, I'm not going to amount to anything. I can't grow no matter what I do. I was born into the wrong family or in the wrong city or the wrong time, or I'm too old or I'm too short, fat, whatever it is. Yeah. What if that belief is so, uh, you know, and whether that's just from your own upbringing, your family lineage, whatever that is, it's so ingrained in this more negative state. How do we either... I mean, I, I don't even want to say overcome that because I don't know if you can, but how do you start to use that to where it works for you and not against you?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that that are kind of embedded in that. And I, I want to first say this. They, for the longest time, one of the uh, great disservices of the personal development, self-help world, leadership world is that they will trot out ideas that are things like, well, you need to just set goals or you need to maybe use affirmations or you need to go to a personal development seminar and 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 a lot of times, Julie, some people are in a they are actually in a state of depression, hmm. and you know a new personal development program won't change that because it is a biological issue it's a chemical issue that's going on and and you know, coming from someone who actually sells training programs, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think it'd be nice if more people would say that to people. Another thing is, you know, because I've been working in the world of performance and working with elite athletes for a very long time, some of the issues are actually a biological or a digestive issue. There are, um, you know, so I actually had a client once who exhibited all those behaviors, exactly what you were talking about. Tons of self-doubt, tons of, um, uh, you know. What would be perceived as self belief issues, mm-hmm. and you know, we we dis- we discuss them. Now, I'm not a therapist; that's not what I do. I, I work with people on performance, which means I'm constantly giving people um, new strategies or new ways to get themselves onto the field, so they're doing the things that they want to do, and they're also doing it with the right mindset, so they're actually enjoying that process, hopefully as well. Um, and um, but I just felt like we had kind of butter our heads up against. A, a wall enough times. And so I asked her to get a, um, digestive check done. And it turned out that she had a really, really high, um, level of yeast in her digestive mm-hmm. system. And I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. I have. And, um, when you've got high yeast infection inside your body, it almost feels like, well, a, it gives you a, um, a lot of lethargy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for those people who feel like oh, I just have the energy to even get going, there actually might be a digestive issue that you've got, right. right? It might not have nothing, it might not have anything to do with whether or not you're motivated or you don't have enough desire for something or whatever. It's it's literally your, your um, immune system is not working for you, mm. right? And, and I'll bet that, I don't know, about uh, I'm going to make a bet that that's probably one of the, I'm one of the first people that's talked about that when you've posed this type of question to people.
1: Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, right. yeah, and, and that, everyone thinks it's all in the mind and, and no. never, but what's interesting, I've heard this once that actually the first cell that is created when we're in the embryo, mm-hmm. it's, it's the gut, but then your gut then becomes your brain.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why. Like, you, yeah. Yeah. And that's why you'll find glial cells, which are almost like brain cells that, um, are also inside of the gut gut region. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so going back to your, but if, if, so I'm just saying, I'm trying to approach, you know, all of your, uh, like the listener as, as a holistic individual, there are many reasons and ways, um, that, that might be preventing someone from feeling like they can take the action that they want but if let's say we remove the the other things and you know move around move move depression to the side or we remove you know digestive issues or something like that um, you know if you if you truly are in a position where that narrative and that story that you tell yourself is that you're someone who just will will probably never be that one that gets to quote unquote make it or something like that the first thing to recognize is that's your belief. It's not a, it's not a truth. Right. Um, and that's going to be easy. Like you can intellectually get, it. I know, I, I, know I believe this, but I've been living this for so long, Todd. Like it's been such a long time. Well, here's the thing. And this is the power of the idea that I shared earlier, Julie, you and I know, like, I mean, you and I, we, we, uh, for the, everyone that's listening, we, we, we got connected at a, at a dinner recently. We sat next to each other. We were not the best dinner table guests, because we literally just got, you know, into a vortex of a conversation with each other. And, um, we weren't, we weren't very good guests to the people who were sitting around us. Um, but we just connected on so many different levels, but we, we all know the importance of having allies and friends and, or coaches or mentors or people that are just great influences on our lives. And we all know the power of a great Rolodex. Everyone understands that. People have heard network, 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 network for a long time. So we all understand that in our world, the, the better the quality of the people that we're around, the higher the likelihood of us achieving a lot of our success because the great reality of life is when you're always within hand's reach or arm's reach of someone who can introduce you to someone or help you out in some sort of way, open a door for you, whatever the case is, it makes the um, the... the the pathway to success just a lot easier. So we all understand that in our environment, that's important. However, my job is to help people to develop a strong ally between the six inches of their own ears, because many people are not their best internal ally. They can beat themselves up. They doubt themselves. They um, throw a lot of slings and arrows at themselves. And the idea of an alter ego, which, you know, I just wrote this book. Um, uh, we hit the wall street journals, bestseller list with it. And it's what I'm known for in pro sports and with, uh, leaders and entertainers, which is building out alter egos for people. And it can sound strange to everyone until they realize that every single person that's listening to this has already used this idea. You mm-hmm. used it when you were younger, when you're, um, when you tapped into your creative imagination at its absolute peak, Um, in fact, science shows us that up until the age of seven, most, or not most, children are, um, uh, engaged in what's called the theta brainwave state. The theta brainwave state is the most creative problem solving state. That's why like, I mean, I've got little ones. I know that, um, you do as well. And, uh, when you, when I sit back and watch my little four-year-old Sophie play with her dolls, like it's it's real. Like it's all right there. And she's, it's, it's so fascinating to watch, but she's engaged with her creative imagination. She hasn't learned through adulthood to try and stunt that stuff. And so when we are younger, we play with the ideas of, um, you know, being our favorite superhero as we jump off the couch to see how far we can go or, you know, our step into our favorite athlete on the front driveway to try and embody the characteristics and traits that they have as we try to do new moves or whatever. And we try these ideas on all the time to see what we could do. Like, what could I do if I was this person? Okay. And buried in our past when we were children is the powerful idea that many, 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 many exceptional human beings have used to help them navigate life with more grit and more, gris, more 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 grit and more grace sorry and so we use this idea of an alter ego and it comes from cicero who is a roman philosopher he's the first person to say the term and its root means the other i or trusted friend so getting back to the whole idea of allies um, in the external world an alter ego ends up being a powerful force for you to bring internally to bring a trusted friend and ally to help you move past the negative narrative that you might have right now. And you go, you know what? I'm going to say, so if it's Julie, I get it. You doubt yourself. You have a tough time seeing yourself being successful. And so let's honor the fact that you've got some wounds and narratives from the past that seem to you know, be like puppet strings that hold you back. But what if you played through the idea of untapping? Who's someone that you really admire, Julie?
1: Let's see. Um, Lady Gaga.
0: Okay. So, what is it about Lady Gaga that you like just you whether it's look up to or you admire the qualities of her?
1: yeah. she's she's very versatile versatile. She's unapologetically authentic to who she is. She is constantly growing and mm-hmm. learning and pushing herself to just new levels, yeah, um. But, at the same time, there seems to be that it, it doesn't come it doesn't seem to come from a controlled space, yeah, but more from just this confidence of of kind of knowing that she's going to get herself to as far as she can get herself to. And yeah. then it's like God or the universe or whatever that is for people is is then going to take her to that next level.
0: It's so funny that you bring up Lady Gaga because Lady Gaga has explicitly even mentioned the fact that she has used an alter ego to become the most best version of herself. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that many people who really do love uh, Lady Gaga, what they appreciate about her is they feel like she's really authentic. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because she's so gregarious or she's so effusive in her uh, creativity that the big takeaway from her is that people feel like she's truly her authentic self. And yet she used this idea of Lady Gaga to allow that, what I call in the book, the heroic self to show up for herself, right? Mm. She didn't stay stuck in the narrative of where she grew up and her past. She invented and created herself. And this is really, really important for everyone to understand is that we as human beings, our greatest superpower that you have that to recognize this is so important is we have got a creative imagination. This is truly our superpower. You know, superhero movies right now are the most popular genre of movies that are out there. Um, and so why is that? It's because we can all identify with something um, in the character that Gal Gadot plays with Wonder Woman, right? Or it's the Black Panther movie, or it's Thor, or insert any one of the other superheroes that are out there. Um And we kind of almost wish that we had some sort of superhero type quality or super um, human gift. And yet we do, and we're ignoring it. And it's the creative imagination, our ability to build new stories, to tell stories in our own mind, to build narrative, to create heavens from hell and hell from heaven, or in the case of the person who has doubted themselves for a long time, to suspend the disbelief that you think you can or cannot do something and you create a new version of yourself. To help you express more of who you are, exactly like Lady Gaga did, or exactly like Beyonce did when she created Sasha Fierce, so that she stepped out of the narrative of her being a gospel singing um, uh, young girl in Houston, Texas, and she stepped into a new creative self that could go out and sing the provocative lyrics and and dance the provocative um, moves that she was asked to do on stage, right? Mm -hmm. David Bowie did it with Ziggy Stardust. Mm. Martin Luther King used this to help him step into his what he called his distinguished self, where he would put on a pair of non-prescription glasses. And when he put on those non-prescription glasses, he was stepping into his distinguished self, where he could pen the words that he felt like he needed to pen in order to carry the movement forward that was very important to him.
1: And I want to chat a little bit about, because I have a lot of things that are coming up, but, yeah. um, cause you talked about, um, well, first let's, let's talk about the heroic self because you mentioned that Yeah, D- define that to me from your perspective and why yeah. that's important to understand it and to really start to embrace that in each and every one of us.
0: Well, I mean, the way that, Uh, one of the successful ways that I work with people just as a mind frame is I would never look at you, Julie, as if you you're broken and you need to be fixed. I don't look at human beings that way. I don't look at any of my clients that way or any of the students that come through any of our programs. It's that, um, I already know that you have everything that you need. I guess I've just been doing this for, I mean, I've worked with people for over 16,000 plus hours one-on-one that's just one on one. That's not even counting all the speeches I've done around the world or the trainings and all that kind of stuff. That's a lot of hours. And, there is a common denominator amongst everybody is there is a heroic version of you nested inside of you. It's already there. My job is to subtract, delete, remove all of the layer of you know, chains or strings or gunk that's on you so that that self can get out there, right? And, right. and so that heroic self is that, is that self that you find that you see reflected back to you in that moment where you feel like you really brought everything you possibly could to a situation, a circumstance an event. You know, it's like when you, you know, I know that you speak a lot, Julie, and you know, when you get on stage and if you've ever, I mean, I've had experiences where, you know, I went on stage um, and it just, something didn't feel right. It just fell flat for some reason. I've spoken for a lot of years. It happens a heck of a lot less now than it ever did before. But then there's also those moments where it just feel like, everything just flowed flawlessly and perfectly. Mm. And that's what kind of the zone and the flow state ends up feeling like. And so it's that moment where you feel like, yes, I brought everything to that situation. Whether or not you got the result that you're looking for, right, Right. whether you won the gold medal or whether you, you know, knocked it out of the park or whatever the, uh, you know, um, metaphor we could use. But it's like, you're, you're just intrinsically proud of the way that you showed up. Right, That's what I mean is like, we all have that. It's that heroic, like you have showed up despite the fact that you could shirk, you could shy away from the moment, but instead you showed up mm. and you so, gave it.
1: So with giving it, kind of like getting into that moment, So wanted to make sure that you knew about my brand new and free masterclass that I have going on right now over at pitchitperfect.net forward slash masterclass. Now, one of my favorite topics to dive into is pitching, and that is exactly what this masterclass dives into even more. Here in this masterclass, I give you the five simple pitch strategies that help you land your first 5K brand deal, and I also give you five easy fixes that take you from, hey, Nobody's actually responding to me to landing bankable collaborations. So all you have to do is head over to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar to sign up and you can get to watching. So with giving it kind of like getting into that mind, body, and spirit space for for this uh, of the heroic self, talk to me about the, the alter ego um, Mm -hmm. how do we start to embrace it? How do we start to understand it? How do we start to step into it? Um,
0: sure. Well, I mean, the great thing about this is I am not teaching anybody anything that isn't already something that you have ingrained as like everyone has used this idea already. That's what, I mean, that's the, that's the powerful part of uh, the concept. And what's inside the book is people get it, they pick it up and they go, Oh my God, I feel like I've been using this in my life, or I used to right. use this, or I used this before or whatever. And I'm like, I know you have, because it's built into the human psyche. It's a part of our you know, great gift that we've got of using our creative imagination. Um, and we do that when we say things like, I wonder what Oprah would do. That's actually a gateway question. Mm. Or I wonder what, you know, if I was Oprah, what would I do in this situation? It's a fantastic tool to use. All I'm doing is I'm taking it like nine steps even deeper for you and truly unpacking um, the emotional resonance part. That's important part of the process so that you can act through those traits and those qualities. So, you know, an alter, the, the alter ego effect, you know, just what I unpack in the book is that there's a series of just psychological phenomena that already exist in um, our minds that, um, you know, throughout the book, I unpack how you can build out a really powerful... Trusted friend uh, and ally to help you, you know, um, show up as a better parent, um, show up as um, a more creative artist if you're trying to pursue that, to help you maybe get out onto the field and not hide in indecision or doubt or the worry of what other people are going to think of you. Um, Because now, you know, even if people did dislike your stuff, you're actually using the alter ego as a way to maybe catch some of those slings and arrows that get sent your way. That was one of the purposes of what Martin Luther King was doing when he was that the singular self was going to um be the one who might take some of the criticism so his more um sensitive self could be protected in some ways. It's it's a, just a powerful psychological um uh tool that we can use that way.
1: And so um, if you were someone who's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start stepping into this 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 alter ego, to this yeah. persona that I'm going to start to embody. What would be the first kind of questions that they would need to ask themselves? Would it be thinking about like, oh, I like Lady Gaga or is it something else?
0: You know what? I mean, I even say it in the book. As soon as you get to chapter four, like after I kind of unpack the power of it and I unpack like um, uh, um, just the, the lead up of it. And once you get to chapter four, I talk about how this is a choose your own adventure type book. In, in that there's many, many ways to get to unpacking an alter ego. Um, that could be one way. You're just inspired by someone else, and now you're going to use the tools I'm giving you in the book in order to um, you know, just un- unleash its power. But if I was to give people a kind of five, like five simple steps that they could use, number one is we always build an alter ego in context to either a role that we're playing in life or to an area that's important to us. Example. Uh, It could be, I'm going to build out one because right now I'm struggling with my business. And I'm not showing up like I want to. And I'm not taking the action that I see Julie take or someone else take in order to grow my presence or something like that. Um, And I'm just getting in my own way. Like I'm just so concerned about what other people are going to think of me. And I don't have it all figured out yet. And I don't have the camera that so-and-so has. And I don't have the house yet that that person has so that I can do my pretty pictures in front of something. Um, And yet all you're doing is you're denying yourself an amazing hero's journey story where you can say, hey, look, this is where I started. I didn't have it all. You know, like I just used my iPhone or, or whatever, but it's so the first place to start is always in context. It's, it's, and, and what I also tell people is what's the area for you that of your life that's frustrating you the most, or what role in your life are you, are you most underperforming that you you're beating yourself up over? Okay. Um, cause that's a great place to start. Right. And it might not always be business. It could be, you know, being a mom or a dad or, or whatever the case is. So that's the first place to start, always context. And the reason this is powerful is psychologically, for the longest time, or um, in the psychology world for the longest time, they always had, um, the psychology world had trotted out the idea that the, a person that had a single self, a single identity, were the people who were the, the most mentally healthy. Now, me, someone who's been doing this for a long time and working with people that were pursuing big things, I felt like that was fundamentally massively flawed because that was never the case. And and Julie, I know that you know, you're married to um, an actor husband mm-hmm. and um, you're around a, a lot of people who are maybe in the media. Mm-hmm. How many times have you ever met someone where you were like, oh, they're a lot different in person than they are than I imagined to be because of the character that they play or the athlete that they are?
1: Oh, right. all the time. I mean, all even people time. say that to my husband. They're like, "Oh, wow, you're so much like you're 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 quieter and you're more introspective, mm-hmm. and you know, compared to a character that he may have, which is you know, killing someone yeah. or like yeah. you know, a
0: beast or something like <laughs> Thank that." Thank God for that, Julie. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so so people go, "Oh, well, yeah, but that makes sense because that's a you know an entertainer or an athlete, or whatever." No, no, no. What's important is that. What's important about that is, um. Over the last decade, there's been a huge upheaval in the psychology world, and it's now been flipped. They, the fastest one of the fastest growing areas of study in psychology is this area called multiple self theory, which is something that I've been talking about for 20 years. um, Which is the people who see themselves as having multiple identities, and it's they live in context to the roles that they play in life are the ones that are the most mentally healthy, and in fact, the people that have and try to adhere to a single identity. It's like, oh, that's just the way that I am. I'm this way. I'm this way in work. I'm this way at home. I'm this way with my friends, actually have the highest rate of mental health issues. Mm. Depression, um, tendencies for suicidal thoughts, um, insecurities, whereas it's what's important about that is to just understand that, no, it's very, very healthy for you to realize that the you that shows up in business should be different in some ways of how you're highlighting yourself, some parts of your personality, um, differently than how you are as a mom or a dad. I mean, I mean, thank God for my kids that I don't come home as the challenger personality that I am in business because I'm working with some like, you know, high achieving people or people that are striving for big things. And I need to, you know, push them and unravel things for them and, you know, encourage them to keep moving forward and, and give them new paradigms. The last thing my kids want is new paradigms and be challenged and pushed and, you know, they want to have fun, playful, gentle dad come home to them. Right. And so that's the side of myself that I revealed to them there. And that makes sense to everybody and should make sense to everybody. So, um, this is, this is, this is, this is what actually helps to then set up the power of, you know, seeing the. Um, the usage of an alter ego, because maybe right now you don't have the traits or you don't believe you have the traits to succeed in some area. No, but we can create them mm. and we can create them from the inspiration of someone or something else. So the second step then in the process is, okay, so whatever field that you chose or whatever role that you chose, what is it about the way that you're showing up or not showing up that is frustrating you right now? What don't you like about um, that kind of result that you're getting? Okay. So we unpack that. And then the third step is just a flip of that. Okay. Well then how would you most want to be showing up? What are the traits and the qualities that you want to bring to it? I'll give you an example for myself. Like when I started out in business, I was 21. I looked like I was 12. I had a baby face. Um, and I was so insecure about whether or not people were going to listen to me when I went on stage to talk about mental toughness and mental game stuff, because, you know, I should probably have four degrees and I should probably be working for 25 years in the business or something like all these rules that I'm placing on myself. When in fact, I was already getting people really good results, just, you know, on the side, it wasn't a business, but I was just really good at it. I was because I had had the experience of playing sport at a high level, and I'd been devoting a, a, you know, a good chunk of the last few years at unpacking the mind and and using strategies to help myself succeed. And I was good at relaying that to other people, but it was still stopping me. And so I was always impressed by other people who had glasses for whatever reason, growing up, I always thought that the people around me that had glasses were just smarter, um, you know, more intelligent than me. And I wanted to activate those qualities because I knew that I, I knew that I had the abilities to, to do the thing, but I was getting in my way. So I went out and I actually ended up doing the exact same thing that Martin Luther King did. I went out to lens crafters in West Edmonton mall where I was living at the time. I live in New York city now, and I bought a pair of non-prescription glasses and I used those as my Totem or artifact, which which is kind of the fourth step. Um, It was my way of activating the qualities that I most wanted to start bringing to the table for myself. And um, and I wanted to be more confident. I wanted to be more articulate. And I wanted to be uh, more decisive with my actions. And when I put on those glasses, that's what they meant. And I was doing what I called my uh, reverse Superman. Superman puts on glasses to become Clark Kent. I would put them on to become Superman or what I called Super Richard because Richard's my first name. I have always gone by Todd, but that was my kind of alter ego's name was Super Richard in business. And the great thing about Super Richard was he didn't care less about what other people thought of him. Never once thought about the worries, um, or concerns of other people. Um, he was just massively driven to get out there and share the ideas with other people, Um, Just like Superman is on a mission to save mankind, I was on a mission to um, save athletes from themselves. And so that third step is maybe sometimes unpacking what are all the traits and qualities that you want. Or it's just like I asked you before, is there someone that you already admire that you look up to that already is kind of exhibiting the traits that you would like to have? Um, And they don't have to be in the same field as you. Like you just talked about Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga would be a great alter ego to help someone that's just getting out, starting out in business, or, you know, it could be a literary character for some people. Um, and you know, you know what the actual most popular alter ego is that people use for inspiration? Who? Grandmothers.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: Yeah. If there was a percentage of, you know, alter egos on the planet, grandmothers would be the number one, um, highest percentage used in source of inspiration.
1: Why do you think that is?
0: Well, it's it it um, it leverages what is really really important. Anytime we're trying to develop that second self, that trusted friend, mm. um, and when you think about you know, so we we live in this kind of triune world, this mental, emotional, and physical world. So people have an idea. Like, I mean, there's no shortage of dreams that are on this podcast listening to us right now people have an idea of you know what they'd like to build for themselves or the actions that they'd like to take but then the moment that that thought starts to gather some momentum it then hits the drawbridge or the bridge of emotion and then all of a sudden that subconscious part of ourselves where we might have you know bad stories from the past trauma for some people is a common thing that could be stopping them. You know, some people just have, have, have lived some tough lives. Um, And there's just some natural um, emotional triggers that are sitting there that have stopped people from taking action. Um, And so that dream that we have, or that action that we want to take when it hits the emotional side, which is the part that links the mental world to the physical world of action. That's, that's the stopping point. And so why grandmas are, can be powerful is, I always talk about how anytime we're, we're going to be acting to and through the idea of someone or something else, it's really important to have a deep emotional resonance. Like Because the moment that you can tap into the energy of someone or something else, you can now bypass the narrative and the resistance that you have. And you get to now lay down that bridge of emotion and now that idea gets to walk across it out onto the field of action mm. and so what, what what's important about this is when you are embodying the idea of someone and something else you want to honor the memory or the idea of that person so much so that when you step into that version of yourself you will not dishonor their memory. You won't dishonor their idea by showing up like they wouldn't. Mm. Right? So it's like, that's why, like if you have a deep connection to your grandmother and the traits that she has, you know, she was a spitfire. She said what she wanted. She, she, you know, um, uh, she was the first in the family to do this or, you know, in a generation where, you know, you know, it was frowned upon to have a career. She was one of the first women to do that or like whatever the case is, right. um, you know, there's not a chance in hell I would dishonor the memory of my grandmother or my nana. Right. Right. And so in that moment, I'm so deeply connected to that like, um, emotional resonance that I'm going to move past my own narratives now and get out on the field just like I most want to. Mm. And what's actually happening is this isn't about faking it till you make it or something like that. This is about being very intentional about how you want to show up on that field. Not for the purposes of other people, because anytime your motivations are to um, trick or deceive others, like if I was wearing glasses so that I could get other people to think I'm smart, that's deception. That's trickery, right? But that's not why I was using them. I was using them because I wanted to feel like I was smart. And and in that, you know, whatever personal narrative that I was telling myself way back then, it was getting in the way. You know, I was, maybe I didn't think like I had it all figured out quite yet. Um, but you know, thank God I moved past that stuff because I've I've had a, you know, a great long career. So that's the important part is, you know, if, if you just, if you just simply think about the fact that there's the mental side of you, that's very much internal, then there's the physical aspect of you. That's what everyone else sees. That's the actions that you're taking. And if there is a disparity, but what you know that you can do and what you're actually doing for me, I know that there's emotional resistance then. And so. What tool and strategies can I give someone to help lower that bridge so that your ideas actually get out there? Well, for me, the fastest way to make that happen was to simply use your creative imagination and give you the concept um, and the idea that so many thousands of other people have used to create success for themselves, and that's building out an alter ego. To help you do that, because Mm -hmm. now you can move past the unconscious resistance or the rumbling herd of elephants that is the unconscious part of us that can stop us, Um, and we move past it and around it. And now I'm acting to and through the idea of someone and something else.
1: Another thing that has been coming up for me because I I could just see it being a a a question that somebody would have, and and I know that you're gonna I I can't wait for your answer. But if someone said, "So how do I live this alter ego?" and kind of embody it while still being authentic at the same time.
0: Well, you know, I think that some people need to suspend their idea of what they think authenticity is.
1: Mm, explain because more I about that.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think a lot of people are have developed enough self-awareness to know who they even are yet. Mm. Because think about it. Like I mean, and this, this is this is the question to the listener right now. I want you to really think about this. If you're if you're really struggling with the fact that um, you're not getting the results that you know that you can, um, is that you? Like, is that you? Because we're all, we're, we're all judged in life, but not by our intentions. We aren't. We're, we're judged in life by the things we actually do. Like Julie, me thinking about calling my mom and telling her I love her. Right. And me picking up the phone and actually calling my mom and telling mm-hmm. her that I love her. Those are two very different realities that get created, right? Mm-hmm. One is self-serving; the other one serves, you know, the other person and humanity more, right? right. So, me thinking about having uh, creating a post on Instagram or writing something out for the tribe that I lead, and then and actually doing it, two drastically different things. Okay, and so when when we have the ideas and yet we're not taking action on it that is when we feel we're not being authentic and that's when we beat ourselves up. That's what I, I call it the pillow test. When you lay your head down on the pillow at night, if you ever beat yourself up with, why didn't I say X, Y, Z, or why didn't I raise my hand or why didn't I volunteer? or Why didn't I speak up when that other person was, you know, dissing my friend or, you know, why didn't I, you know, ask for the sale when the person obviously was interested in what I had to offer that, is you not being authentic. Mm. And so anything that you can use to help you truly get yourself onto the field of play, whether it's using an alter ego or not, that's, that's when that heroic moment happens for you. That's the heroic self showing up. And so again, it's not like we're going out there and we're telling everyone else, that we're using an alter ego. And you know what? It doesn't matter anyway, because at no point in time should anyone ever feel shame because you're using some mental tool to help you do the hard things in life. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, what people have actually found and what everybody has said from the use of this concept, whether they're clients or whether they're just the, any one of the celebrities or leaders that I've, um, uh, used in, and shared in the book as their stories, is that they actually find their most uh, most authentic and real version of themselves mm. through the use of this, because this is like you know the classic idea of Michelangelo going to the marble rock and revealing David inside. David was already in there; he just revealed it. Right. Right, and so. That's what an alter ego can help you do. It can help you reveal more and more of yourself to yourself so that you develop a higher level of self-awareness and you actually uncover more of that authentic and real person that you are. I like it. Yeah, and like, I mean, I like it's it. really important yeah. and, I, and I'm happy you bring it up because the reality is not many people actually object to the idea of authenticity because way more people go, geez, this is actually sounds like something that I used before. right Jeez, I, never, I never thought about you know, this being an actual thing that could help me navigate life on a daily basis. And I'm like, yeah. And you know what, Julie, imagine if life was just a little bit more playful, hmm. like, like we were when we were kids. This isn't about being childish. This is being a, maybe a little bit more childlike because there's a hell of a lot more wisdom in that zero to seven range when we're operating in a state of theta and creative imagination than I can find in a lot of 28-year-olds and 42-year-olds or 65-year-olds sometimes, right? right. There's a great wisdom in this uh, for people. And, um, and I always share the quote from the Hollywood Golden Era actor, Cary Grant. Um, in the, and I shared in the book. And you know, he's well-known for being debonair and charismatic, very handsome guy, came from Bristol, England. And he said that I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be and I finally became that person, or he became me, or we met at some point. Mm. And the one thing, only thing I would change about that, if I to say it again, in my own words, I'd change just one word. Instead of saying I pretended to be, I would say I, activate, I activated somebody I wanted to be, and I finally became that person, or he became me, or we met at some point. And that's what this... Um, this, this concept helps people with is we all have this kind of definition of who we think we are. And when we take a look at the definition of who we think we are, a lot of times we're putting ourselves in a box that won't allow us to reach the, the success or reach the brass ring that we're striving for. Because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from a small town, or um, no one in my family's ever started a business before, or I don't have a degree. Or I don't have twenty five thousand followers yet. Or you know, insert whatever definition and narrative you have about yourself. And so the only question I ask you, ask people, is, well, what if we had a different circle though for you? So this, if you think of it like a two circle Venn diagram, so that's the circle you define yourself as. Then you've got this other circle of like what, how you would like to be showing up, or the life you'd like to be leading, or you know, um, the person that you'd most want to become, and the. The great connecting device between the two of those, an alter ego can help bridge that gap between the two. And then all of a sudden, you just show up one day, just like I did, when I finished making two phone calls and I booked two speaking engagements for myself, and I looked over on my desk and I didn't have my glasses on.
1: Oh, wow. Because
0: for six months, I was wearing those and I was stepping into them, being very intentional about how I was operating. And then all of a sudden, one day, it was, I was unconsciously competent. I had become the person that I wanted to become. Just like Cary Grant talked about.
1: Mm.
0: And, that's, and that's an authentic version of me, right? Like, right, right. You, you could talk to any one of those young teenage kids that I was working at, at the time and not one of them would say, oh, it really sucks I worked with Todd. You know, I helped kids get college scholarships. I helped kids get onto um, uh, uh, better performing teams or make it to the next league that they were striving for. Like, and and I wouldn't have been able to make that happen if I would have stayed sitting on my hands. Mm. And so, you know, that's the great thing. It's just like when those kids are jumping off of the couch and, you know, they're pretending to be Batman um, to see how far they could jump. This is, you know, me, if I'm stepping into, you know, Lady Gaga's seeing how far I can jump now you know, in business by, you know, showing up like she would, where, you know, she could care less about the judgment of other people. She's out there for, um, the craft of improving herself and the, um, getting out there and reaching the, and inspiring the people that, you know, she felt, um, might be left behind or whatever. in that mission that she was on super powerful for people. Yeah. So, you know, just going back to your earlier, um, you know, question and statement where those, that person who's sitting there going, man, like I've been doubting myself for a really, really, really long time. You know what? I'll honor that. I get that. I've been there. I've done that. You know, when I said before that I'm a person who came from, came from, you know, deep trauma that, I mean, I I could have easily sat on, you know, my story where, you know, I was 12 years old. I, I mean, I'm a farm and ranch kid. I grew up in a, a really big farm in Western Canada. And, um, when the summertime came, I wanted to, I was an, I was an extroverted kid who wanted to be around people all the time. And, um, I tried to get away to every single church camp or summer camp I possibly could. And, um, you know, unfortunately one church camp I went to over the course of two days, two men, uh, sexually assaulted and raped me over a couple of days. And obviously that's going to, you know, ruin any kid emotionally on the inside. And, you know, it, I had multiple suicide attempts through my teen years and in my twenties, Um, but me discovering, and that's what really caused me to get into the mental game world. I needed to, I needed to find anything that I could use to help me just navigate my own psychology and get me past what were some pretty dark times. Mm -hmm. Um, and an alter ego helped me get out of my own narrative and allowed me to still kind of pursue the goals and the dreams that I had. Um, it didn't cure any of the trauma necessarily. I mean, I still went to therapists for things like that and, you know, continued to commit myself to to that process, but I don't think that there are many people on the planet that have the luxury of going and sitting on the sidelines and fixing every single part of themselves and then getting back to the work of being a mom or, you know, running their business or something like that. We still need to get out and perform despite the fact that we could be going through some tough stuff. And an alter ego helped me really still show up like I had all the capability to um, and, and bring my best self or that heroic self to that situation. Um, and so, you know, I say that because I want to let people know that, you know, I would never dismiss away the fact that some people do have some pretty tough stuff that they're navigating. Um, and, and yet, that doesn't need to control you. Like, you know, yes, that might be some of your past, but it doesn't have to be your future. It doesn't have to be the next minute, right? Because if, if you can step into, um, you know, that kind of inner Wonder Woman or Beyonce, the qualities that, you know, she would exhibit or Gaga or Oprah or, you know, insert any mentor, Ruth Bader, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, you can do it for a minute. I know you can do it for three. And if you can do it for three, I know you can do it for ten. If you can do it for 10, you can do it for an hour. Um, and and then all of a sudden you end up finding yourself.
1: Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, for those listening who, you know, they're, they hear your story and, you know, there may be so many different um, parts to it or levels to it that they really resonate yeah. with and that they connect yeah. with um, and that they're me tooing on. Um, how can they start to dive into on just more of a deeper level um, more about this alter, alter ego and to really start to read on it, feel yeah. it out, um, and, and start to take those next steps.
0: Uh, well, I mean, uh, like I just had the book come out, so it's available across, um, across the world. Um, so whether it's on Amazon, I mean, they can go to AlterEgoEffect.com, and there's links everywhere to go and buy it. It's at your Barnes and Noble. It's at airport bookstores and all that kind of stuff and just start digging into it. And, um, you know, the, the, best compliment I get back from people is, um, it's an easy read because there is so much like storytelling in it. Um, and you know, I had a, had a great editor m- mentor that helped me through the process. And then of course, like, you know, I love helping people and answering questions, whether it's on social media. So people can, my home base on the internet is Todd So they can go there and they can find all the links to social stuff. Um, there's videos, more videos on alter ego where they can kind of dive into some things, but, um, you know, the book's on audible as well. So whatever their preference is, I would encourage them to, to jump in on it.
1: Mm. Also, one of the things that our amazing audience loves to do is uh, screenshot the episode and then they will tag you and me in it. And then they will let us know their biggest takeaway. So I would love to prompt them with an idea to let us know, um, not only your biggest takeaway, but but what alter ego are you going to be embodying? Yeah. Um, I would love to know um, who or what that is for each person that's listening. So um, make sure to tag me, you know where to find me. And then Todd, if you could share
0: your handle as well. Yeah, if if it's on Instagram, it's Todd underscore Herman. Todd underscore Herman.
1: Awesome. And then if they want to learn more about your coaching and um, all of the other great ways that you show up and serve, where can they do that?
0: Um, Yeah, if they go to toddherman.me, they'll see links to different programs that we have um, and the way that I can serve people. So easiest place to start.
1: Amazing. Todd, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and really diving into a lot of detail with us. That was such an impactful episode. And I just appreciate you sharing not only your strategies and your wisdom, but your story and your vulnerability and letting those know that no matter what path or adversity or or trauma or pain, um, that we all come from that we, there's still hope. Um, and as long as you have the courage to step into that.
0: Yeah. There's a seed of greatness in, in all of those things. And, um, you know, when you're going through the tough stuff, like I was, I mean, if I had heard that from someone, I would have maybe eye rolled, but now that I'm on the other side of it and, and faced it down, um, you know, it's given me, um, a superpower of compassion to work with other people. And, you know, also allowed me to find some amazing psychological concepts that are already embedded in you. It's not even me having to like truly teach and train you on it. I'm just going to help you refine it because it's already nested inside.
1: Mm, Amazing. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Julie. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Next time on the Influencer Podcast.
0: What the biggest mistake I see people make when hiring an ads manager is they go and hire somebody and they have no idea what they're doing themselves when it comes to Mm. setting up ads. And I've had, I could share countless stories with you from people coming to me wanting to learn, you know, the basics of ads Saying I just lost eight thousand dollars over the past three months because i I hired somebody to run my ads. They didn't get me the results I was looking for. I had no idea how to you know check and to you know look at what they were doing to to kind of question them on anything so